All right, we are live. Sweet. Well, apologize for the change of scenery, but uh, Syntax is needing to host this because, what do you know, streamer difficulties, <laughs> as it always seems to happen right every, before every time. or right after testing it, it, testing it worked. So, oi, it happens, but the show must go on. The show must go on. How have you been? Doing, keeping busy? I have been keeping very, very busy. Keeping happy, keeping streaming, I hope. Yeah, I'm trying my best. <laughs> well, this week we get to go over the week three CR6 results that we didn't have last time. And then we can also talk about this week's upcoming matches that people are in the midst of playing and only two matches have been played. So now we get to go hey, what matches are we actually interested in watching based off of stats and settings, especially as this is the last week of Phase 2, as we then start breaking apart the top uh, 16 teams into the top part of the playoff brackets and then the middle top uh, playoff brackets. So we can talk about that a little bit more. But placement is now starting to be coming into a clear picture for where teams will be at in the 64 team playoff. Yeah, sorry. Then, um, so the 64 team playoff, right? So that one that yeah. begins, you said next week? Is it next week? Next week, okay. Or no, not next week. It's the week after next. It's it'll be the first two weeks of December, I believe. Okay. Okay. Now I have, I know I have Chief, one of my AM teammates that's in here. So if we say anything that might be incorrect, uh, Taylor, please let me know so we can, uh, we can correct ourselves if we're wrong. And actually, I am recalling that it's week one ends on the 7th and week two ends on the 13th, I think it is. Something like that. So, um, yeah, that's not next week. It's the week after. Is that first week of the two-week playoffs. Okay. All right. So there's definitely going to be an accelerated number of matches played over those two weeks, considering they're trying to solve a 64-team bracket in two weeks. Oh, yeah. That's going to be pretty rough trying to do 64-team bracket in two weeks. Yeah, they're going to have to have like multiple matches a day throughout those two weeks so i think all the community casters are going to be working overtime uh assuming that they they're able to cast um if they have time, i really hope so. they are i yeah. really hope they are it would be really nice to take some clips onto the show and just kind of show off some of those those highlights from each of the games and then actually have something to reference when we're talking about those matches because right now it's a little hard being in the dark and just being able to go off of like the stats that are on Battlefy or some of the individual player stats that are on uh, that CR6 provides. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, stats, right? So we have UCF, UCF Alpha as number one right now, ranked number one um, for the Premier League. Um, so we have a lot of teams that are actually um three and oh and two teams that are three and one so we have four team wait one two three four yeah four teams that are three and oh and two teams that are three and one 
um and the three no teams and the three so the the, the three no teams are tie broken by your opponent's win percentage and then your your game win percent like so it's your opponent's game win percentage and your individual team win percentage is averaged together that sounds incredibly confusing but it's just two it's two it's two percentage numbers just averaged together um and that's how they do the tiebreaker so um we have so in number two number three spot we've got san jose state and uga red number four and five so number four is uh csulb so it's california state uh university of long beach um their division one team is number four we got texas a&m alpha guys at number five we got the out the akron zips at number six and those those are those are all the top teams right now that have three total wins um and then everyone below is 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 two and one two and two one and two and so forth it'll be really interesting to see how the two and ones get split because it'll be the top 16 who are who move on to um the top the top 16 uh, seeds for the, pl the playoffs so the two and ones are really going to get messed up in this next week as some of them will drop to two and two and others going to three and one and kind of really escalating to the top of the top of the list and maybe top 10 top eight kind of thing but the the ones that are two and two or the ones who have those lower percentages that end up being um like three and one they're going to be right on that that mix of getting at that 16 seed cutoff so then you would be starting to see those teams playing the top 16 of the main division when it gets to the playoffs. So you start getting some really different power dichotomies going on there. And when you think about the seeding as well, it's not going to be like number one from main and number one from premier playing. It's going to be number one from premier playing number 16 from the main division. If they do the bracketing or like other tournaments do. Okay, which how many teams did you say make um, playoffs from Premier League? The all thirty-two of them do. It's the top. It's all thirty-two from Premier, and then the top thirty-two from the main division. Okay. Um. So it's going to be yeah. So thirty-two, thirty-two, sixty-four. We already discussed that. Okay. Cool. No, it's all clicking now. Um. Yeah. <laughs> It's complicated, and we don't have any visuals, and I'm just now thinking, hey, maybe I should have made visuals, but that's beside the point. But like, it's all complicated, and trying to put put it together in your head when there's nothing else to go off of other than some very vague wording that could be interpreted a few different ways, it makes it a little convoluted for sure that's funny i actually have a i should have i should have whipped out the old whiteboard i've got a whiteboard in my closet should have just <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> here's our visual of this incredibly complicated bracket that we're making. So, I'm sure I could find a, a a bracket template for Excel and just bring up Excel and turn it into a spreadsheet broadcast. <laughs> true, that is very true. But last week, our match that we called out going into week three 
actually ended up, ha- ended up happening. That was Texas A&M Alpha versus Colorado University Boulder Black, because they have two teams, Boulder Black. Uh, those were two very high-powered and high-ranked teams going into this last week, and you have the score of how that match broke out. I do. Um, so Boulder versus A&M Alpha. Um, map one, uh, Boulder took, I believe it was 8-7 uh, was the score. And then maps two and three, uh, A&M took, and I believe the scores were 7-5, uh, 7-4. Um, teammates that are in chat, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was second was 7-4. Yeah, okay, so it's... 7-4, then 7-5. Okay, so map 1 was 8-7, map 2 was 7-4, map 3 was 7-5. That's got to feel pretty good. I mean, even though they dropped the first map and it drops like one of their percentages that for tiebreakers, as much as dropping that first map kind of sucks for it to be so close, also just gives you a lot of hope going into that second match. Assuming you didn't just bomb like a five-round lead. <laughs> yeah it, it it all depends you know it, it, losing map one um sometimes it can just be an oval situation you go into the next one or you lose 7-0 and you're just like well crap um and you kind of lose all any any sort of mental fortitude you might have had so yeah and i think it would have been texas a&m's map on first pick i think they were hided higher rated higher so they would have been given that first map choice i think yes yeah the higher seed uh chooses map first i believe so i mean there's that morale loss you lose the map that you pick but it's close so you go any given day anything could happen but like for it to be close I could also see it being a kind of a bummer too. Yeah, I mean, considering the first map was was eight seven, uh, how close it was. I think both teams went out of that map and were just like, okay, that was that was pretty close. Let's let's move on to the next one. You know, even even them winning, they were just like, okay, like they kind of went to that. They probably went in that second map a little bit intimidated. They're like, okay, we barely won this. Um. How is the second map gonna go? And then you know, A and M is probably like, okay, well, like we barely lost this, you know, let's let's step it up a notch. Um, and they did, and they and they took maps two and three. So, you know, you know, that's kind of interesting. I've never heard it like that, where the team who won that it's close, that they could be intimidated. So when you think that the winning team could be intimidated and have a more drop but then the losing team also go, that was our map and we lost it, and also have a morale drop then you're seeing two teams that are kind of starting to get into their own heads, which, I don't know, I've never thought of it that way. It's always been that winning team has the morale advantage, not really looking into the actual context of how that match went. You know, like, it's, um, that is, that, that's totally true. Um, if it was probably a, a bigger round differential, uh, mm-hmm. but because it was, you know, went into, went into overtime uh, to 7-5, or eight seven, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I don't think either team was extremely devastated by any of it. Um, I think Boulder was just a little bit more intimidated than A and M was. 
um, because I know AM had been preparing for a while for this for that match. Um, they've been, I mean, not even for for that match. They've been preparing, you know, for this entire season um, quite a bit. So I don't think they, you know, they they really thought anything of that loss. While on the other hand, Boulder was like, um, you know, we barely won that, you know, and these guys are, you know. Yeah, they you know A and M has their has their reputation, and so they were probably a little bit more intimidated than A and M was, even though they won it. I know that's kind of a backwards philosophy, but sometimes that's just how it works. That's fair. I mean, it's, and I mean that having to go the distance, three maps, and having one of them go into overtime. Like, I think that if that was a match that was streamed, that it would be an entirely worthwhile VOD to go back and watch just because these would be two very talented teams, highly competitive teams, really able to go blow for blow with each other. And for anyone else in the Premier League would be a great tool for being able to evaluate um, going into the, like the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes me happy that it was such a good good game because then they got a lot out of it just by playing it but then it also just kind of indicates yeah we were right to think that these two kind of titanic teams actually are as good as the numbers lead you to believe yeah chief says uh chief he's uh one of the the a&m alpha members he says uh jinro he's who's another one of the players says jinro was mad about the last round (laughs) Yeah, what I'm, happened in the last round? Um, I actually watched that round, so I can explain this. Um, so uh, John or Jinro, name is John. Uh, he was, um, it was a two v. It was a two v two post plant. Um, to save to save uh, to save time, uh, one teammate got killed, one enemy got killed, so it was a one v one situation. Um, and the last guy was in the, it was, they were attack or they were defending master bedroom on clubhouse. Um, so for anyone who can, who knows the maps, they can sit here and visualize with me here. So in master bedroom, there's the bathroom and then there's the shower stall that people like to sit in. Um, and so they had planted, um, right inside the bedroom. And then the last, the last enemy was sitting in the shower stall of the of the master bedroom and in that bathroom, right? So John was coming through construction as maestro. Um, is coming through construction, goes through the construction door into master bedroom. Um, uh, some gunfights took place. Uh, John used a lot of his ammo in his in his Alda. Um, so he goes around to kill the last guy. But what he doesn't realize is that he only has nine bullets, and he start he goes to he goes around the corner to peek the shower stall. But before that, he starts pre-firing, so then he can start shooting him before um he can aim on him. But because he only had nine bullets, he was pre-fire. He pre-fired all those nine bullets, and then right as he actually reached the enemy, he ran out of bullets. Um, and so the enemy killed him. Uh, That's terrible. <laughs> That's some shit I would do. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was, and honestly, sometimes like in those situations, uh, you get kind of tunnel visioned and you don't realize that you're almost out of ammo. You, you know, you're, you're not looking at the, the whole part of your screen. You're, you're, you're focused on the moment and you're focused on killing the guy and, 
he didn't realize that he needed to reload or even just switch to a secondary. Um, and it happens. I mean, not all the time, but it does happen sometimes. Uh, unfortunately, that's what happened to John. That's really funny, and I, I hope you can get a clip of that and just kind of keep that on replay as a reminder. Reload, reload, reload. I can. Uh, they do have the VOD. I should have... That would have been a that would have been a good conversation or a good clip to have to show on stream. You could just clip Sorry, that John. and just have it on shortcut so that you can just drop it into your Discord server anytime. It's just like, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. We love you. Moving on to this week's matches. Um you know, I, I again, I, not to play favorites or anything, but just knowing that Texas A&M Alpha team is as good as they were last season, and they're proving a point so far this season, being three and zero. They have to go against them being at number four, just based off of opponents' win percentages, um, going up against Central Florida's Alpha team, which is number one, means again you get a big high-talented, high, highly competitive match being played this week. So this will settle basically who the, I would say, the only 4-0 team is going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see who that 4-0 team is going to be. I'm, my, my money's on Alpha. A&M Alpha, let's go. Um, I don't know who they play next. Um, I don't know if they're still in here, but... If you guys know who you play next, let us know. I don't know. Uh, at... They play UCF Alpha. Oh, oh, okay. This is this is a this is an all or nothing yeah. match right here. So UCF yeah. versus AM Alpha. This is gonna be uh this is gonna be a good match. Um, yeah, that's I mean that's what I was saying. It's just like this is number one versus number four, and but we know Texas AM is as good as they are. And now they're going up against the team who's gone up against higher winning percentage teams. And so this is, these are the only two three and O teams that are playing each other this week. Okay. Does, oh, so UCF and A&M are the only three and O teams playing each other this week. Is that your, what you're saying? Yeah. Cause um, San Jose and UGA red they're already three and one so that's second and third place fourth place csulb um is playing sorry oh the numbers got all jumbled up since since uh tell me if i if i refresh the page the yeah. numbers are going to be different maybe they are or maybe i'm just for i might have fat fingered some numbers um no they're still the same but yeah, so Texas A&M Alpha is actually number five. Mm -hmm. But so CSULB number four is three and zero. But they are playing Akron. Oh, I guess Akron is also three and zero. So the four three and zero teams that haven't played the match are all playing each other this week. Okay. So there's a chance for two four and zero teams going into the playoffs. Oh, okay, cool. So all f all four three and O teams are playing this week, playing each other even. Yeah, playing each other. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. It's going to be a battle for the four O's. Who's going to be the number one, number two spot going into playoffs? And it'll go down to how strong their opponents were. So you get a little bit of that NCAA behind the magic curtain. How do you figure out the numbers? Yeah. Jake, one of the other team members, is in my chat screaming, we are the alphas. <laughs> <laughs> What's the battle of the alphas? Because it's UCF alpha team versus Texas A&M alpha. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's going to be battle of the alphas. Yeah, who's going to be the uh, the more dominant alpha? Who's the alpha? Who's the beta? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So they're saying the website's tiebreaker isn't used for seeds, at least in, in phase one. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. Um, this website confused me. He's saying that the round differential is the tiebreaker for seeding, and I I always thought that was the case. Um, oh, I guess so. I don't think they're going off of battle five for phase one. That really kind it of was, bothers me because now it's like, what what's real? Yeah, I wish they would have um, made this a little bit more clear um, for think, people reading this. The yeah, I think, and I think the last minute switch to Battlefly really kind of messed things up and being yeah, that, able to have a clear picture. That is right. I know. Yeah, I remember them saying that they last minute switched to Battlefly, and I think they didn't really have time to make everything nice and pretty, which is understandable because that's a lot of work. Um, and I know that they were already pretty backlogged, backlogged with all the team signing up and getting brackets and everything else done. So, it's, so this is kind of a a, a pretty minute. Uh, detail that probably got set on the back burner and that's okay um hopefully they will fix it next season make it a little bit more clear but anyways um yeah for so outside of those two matches and figuring out the number one and two seeds those are going to be the biggest matches so one and four versus three and five and I mean, going down the rest of the list, it's really the only other matches that really have an effect on things are going to be the ones that are around that 16th seed, as I was saying earlier. So anyone, I would say anyone in that like 12th, 12th place position to, I don't know, um, like 20th at this point, that's where the majority of the shifting is going to be and where I would say the majority of these next matches actually play the biggest difference. Winning this match makes the biggest difference for those uh, ranks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because then it's like, okay, you were 17th through 32nd and so that means as that 32nd seed, you're probably going to end up playing the number one seed of. Or actually, no, there you would technically be 17th and then you would play the 64th seed of the main division. God, that's so messed up. I think it would be the 32nd seed of the main division because it's 32 and 32, right? So. Yeah, it's thirty-two teams from Premier, thirty-two teams from Main. So if you're you said seventeenth seed from like Premier, is that what you're saying? Yeah, 
You're playing the 32nd seed from Maine? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure how that matches up. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't want... I don't, I don't think the 17th seed in open or main division would play the 17th seed in the premier league or the premier division. Oh, you're saying the last seed and, and premier is going to play the last seed in main. That's what I'm trying to, I, I'm saying like the first place seed in the bottom 32 or the bottom half of oh, each okay. league. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. I get what you're saying. So the bottom, the first seed in the bottom half of that league, right? Would then play the the last place team of that bottom half. Okay. That I... way it's the the one versus 32nd, two versus 31st, and it's kind of that classic bracketing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Okay. I, I hate, I, I, I hate brackets. I hate, I hate trying to make them. Uh, for some reason, my brain just doesn't, doesn't think in brackets so uh with seating and all that i i just i just let the math do itself and other people do it so everyone take a moment to thank your local tournament organizers because they put up stuff on a weekly and sometimes daily basis so <laughs> tip your hat tip your tos yeah absolutely so, I mean, going all, along the, like that 12th through 20th ranking, I have to think that matches like UBC Gold versus University of Houston, 11th versus 15th, is going to be a big match because either one of those lose their spot, they're basically on the other side of 16, depending on how some of those other matches go. But it's like, this is your all-or-nothing match. Teams like iowa and esports iowa gold ninth and tenth i think that they would have to that lose pretty work. hard to a, a um lower ranked opponent but seeing as they're nine and ten it's it shouldn't affect them enough to have them fall out of that top 16 but it's a potential yeah it is definitely it is definitely a potential um I'm having and a after fart. that, I'm having a brain fart. No. I had, I had, no I worries. had a train of thought, and I was going to say something about it, and I just lost it. So keep going if you're going to say something. Uh, yeah. Uh, so like 13th versus 14th, that's another one of those like this is this is do or die. Figure out your placing. Are you really top 16 in the entire thing, or are you really going to put that into question by having to play some of the more impressive main division teams? Uh, so that's in uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology versus Arizona State Maroon. So 13th versus 14th place. And if your teams like, uh, you got to find 16th, uh, Ohio State Ohio University, State, yeah. Scarlet. Like you have to start worrying. Like even if you win right now, is it going to be enough to hold on to that 16th seed? Because then anyone else who's going to be coming up and tying your record at like three and one or two and one, two, do you have the higher tiebreakers? That's letting it go to the judges. And as all boxing metaphors goes, you never want to let it go to the judges. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
speaking of number 15, um, I have been seeing around the block this time. It's it's scuttlebutt time here. Um, I, now we need a little sound, like a foghorn for some scuttlebutt. For some scuttlebutt, yeah. So without without naming any names, without throwing anyone under the bus, um, so it has been it has been brought to the attention of CR6 that somebody from a player on the University of Houston um, is not actually in attendance in the university, uh, and that person has been playing under a, a actual student's account, so they're like account sharing. Just playing under that guise to play for the university. If that makes sense. Wow. Uh, so um, that is the scuttlebutt right now, and I I think the CR6 staff is trying to determine one the validity of the claim and two what they're going to do with the team. So um, I. I don't know until there's happen. a decision made. Until there's a decision made. Do they get made. to play? Um, I do not know. Um, everything is kind of in the air right now. Um, I think they may be able to play until they determine the validity of the claim. So unless they already have, I'm not sure. They have CR6 hasn't put out an official statement yet. So I think everybody's kind of, um, everybody's kind of waiting for that um, statement to come out to see what's going to happen so that would be insane because then you have to look at how the teams they played how you want if they if the teams that they played lost to university of houston how do you reclaim that order like do you just give them the wins and then you recalculate the win percentages from that because then it just falls into that weird territory especially if you have some algorithm setting the matchups because then it would have made decisions based off of the percentages. That's a good question, and I'm going to let you know. Um, I'm not even going to be able to begin to think about that because <laughs> brackets confuse me. So I, I mean, the, I mean, the fair thing to do. Okay, at face value, the fair thing to do would be to give the teams that lost their wins um but at the same time that's also not fair to the people that are below them that would be below them if they gave them those free wins so i'm not sure right. how they would okay so they're okay someone's saying uh, with the whole shiko thing that went on in pro league when they dis disqualified their team they gave all the teams wins but but now he's saying but they also played every team <laughs> that's it um, cr6 everyone's gonna have to play everyone now yeah um i don't i don't know i don't know how they'll do it um i guess we'll find out maybe they will just uh rearrange the bracket a little bit um and the I good news is that this is the fall season and the spring season they can have a decision for the kind of scenario ready yeah. to go or figure out a better one for that time yeah well i don't i mean they have rules for they have rules for this right um 
the decision is easy if they determine if the, if this claim is found to be true it's an instant disqualification um I mean the u of h would be barred from playing for the rest of the season or maybe for the next season i'm not sure how long they'll be barred from playing but they'll be disqualified from here till you know whenever it may be um but i think what they're trying to do is 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 gather as much evidence as they can to make a make a correct decision so I wonder if this goes towards smurfing, that rule of smurfing where you didn't like the, how they defined it in the rule book, but it's uh, boosted by a cheater, kind of banned some main accounts, maybe banned throughout the season, such as boosted by a cheater ban. If a player brings this up with the tournament admin, accommodations may be made for the player. Like, um, smurfing is prohibited in CR6. Players must play on their primary account or the account they signed up with. If a player is unidentifiable, it's kind of like that, but not at the same time. And it would probably, I think it would fall under the, um, like the integrity clause or the, the thing, thing saying that like everyone is in, currently enrolled in the university, blah, blah, blah. Because obviously not everyone's enrolled in the university. People were, if this is true, that person would have is signed up under false pretenses and lied you know on their on their document so um that person would probably be banned from playing in cr6 from here on out but the team would get disqualified for the season yeah um, i likely. could see that and if they if the team knew that that was the case i could see it extending for the even the spring season or like banning all of the players yeah um i mean if they find out that all the players knew knew about this and they were okay with it then they probably just ban the whole team um or key or ban them for a certain amount of time so they probably ban them for like for the remainder of the season and then like maybe next season and then they would be able to come back yeah yeah that would be super rough but at the same time you mess with the integrity of a tournament and you're not going to uh be warmly received yeah, absolutely. I mean, just ask the the phase streamer who uh, was using the aimbots on Fortnite. Oh, for content? Yeah. <laughs> he was doing it in the name of content. Well, <laughs> what do you think was going to happen, buddy? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what was going through his head. I I guess he thought it was like okay because he was doing it just for you know the laughs for a video, but uh, you're still cheating. Like it's still like it's still the act of cheating. Like it, it's like saying, um, I'm gonna go rob a bank as a joke. You know, like you know, take all the money and then be like, oh, it was just a joke. It's like, well, you still robbed the bank, so you're going to jail. You know, like, <laughs> yep. I mean, <laughs> come on, come on, think, think about. Everyone is CR6. Please think before you do stuff like that. Just uh, better yet, just don't do stuff like that. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough of a of a different game. But I mean, you mentioned that there were some roster changes that happened in Pro League that I didn't see happen this week. So, what do you have on that front? Okay, roster changes. Um. 
So I think there may be more coming. Um, but as of right now, um, the only things, the only um, changes that have hap or been announced officially. Um, so Team Reciprocity um, and Dark Zero switched two players. Um, Team Reciprocity gave Dark Zero, I think it's pronounced Skiss or Sky. I don't. People some some people say Skies. Some people say Skiss. Um, or skis. I, it's S K S K Y S. However you want to pronounce that. Um, he went to Dark Zero, and uh, Nyx from Dark Zero went to Reciprocity. Um, so that's what happened. And then Robin, who is their team analyst, left. Um, and that's about it. So far, officially. Was that Reciprocity's analyst? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Team Reciprocity's analyst, uh, Robin, left. I don't know if they. I don't know if they got a new one or if uh, he just left and they're currently looking for one. But all all they all they said was that he left. Well, that happens. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see if they open a wreck just like uh space station gaming did and then undid and speaking of ssg i i'll eat my humble pie and my tinfoil hat and uh i was wrong i was wrong they are not pulling out there's not going to be some last minute all right we got it we got to get some context first because last week we we were discussing this but we just we realized we had technical difficulties so <laughs> Anybody who's listening that doesn't understand this context, last week, um, we were trying to decipher Lycan's tweet saying some unexpected stuff happened, and based off of the evidence that Joe thought he gathered, he thought that Space Station was going to be leaving Rainbow Six. I told him he was crazy. He, he, he full-on believed that SSG was going to leave R6, um, and now... He's eating his words because SSG did not leave R6. Yeah, Lycan tweeting out, hey, this, in this, this whole roster change, we're proud to announce there's not a single change to our roster. And it's like, mm, dang. Well, I mean, I'm glad. Like, I really have enjoyed Space Station gaming playing R6, so I'm glad that we get more of that caliber gameplay. I'm looking forward to them as a squad getting better. But... It, the timing of everything right before the holidays and it just felt like that organization was on the precipice of making a bigger decision that was bigger than it was bigger for themselves than just their r6 squad so i thought i saw something that obviously wasn't there so i'll eat my humble pie out of my tinfoil hat which i fully recognized was an absolutely tinfoil hat thought <laughs> But it's what's okay. a little fun if you're not going to live dangerously? That's okay. We all live in the danger zone some sometime. Yeah, I, I, like I said, like I, I really, really like how SSG has played as a team that's just been consistently in uh, Rainbow Six and just seeing how they're approaching the game. So I'm excited to see what happens with a squad that isn't highly volatile. Yeah, yeah. Um... SSG, they've got a lot of work to do, um, but they've definitely got potential uh, to be a top team next season. 
Um, if I were to, if I were to put a, if I were to give you a top three teams for next season, um, I would probably have to say it would be Dark Zero, TSM, and Space Station would be the top three teams. With a with Team Reciprocity being a close, very like a runner up in the in the top three. Space Station and, and I would say Space Station and Reciprocity would probably be fighting be fighting for the uh for their spot. Wherever maybe. If it's number two, that'd be fine for number two. But I think I think they're pretty evenly matched right now. But uh I I will we'll see what uh what Nyx does for reciprocity, so and have you seen anything on the rogue roster updates at this point? Nope. Nothing. Um everything has been completely silent so far when it comes to the whole obey rogue thing, so everybody's still waiting. Um or people. The longer that goes it. on the longer that goes on, the more question you have to be asking. Like and the longer you're asking a lot of these members of a team to go on without saying anything when they're potentially up a creek. Yeah, um, and, and it's also a big possibility that the whole thing was uh, just a scuttlebutt, you know, and just, just rumors, um, and Rogue may not actually be buying the team, um, be buying Obey out, so we'll find out, obviously, soon, because mid-season or you know the in between the off season about to start and then season season 11 i think are we in season 10 currently season 9 yeah we're in season 10 oh season 10 just capped off season 10 just capped off so season 11 uh i do not know when that starts but Let's see. Oh, and speaking of dates, I believe the U.S. Nationals is actually coming up not this this week. It's next week. U.S. Nationals, the, the finals? Yeah, the U.S. National finals, I believe, is that first week of December, or first weekend of December. Okay, let me... I'll pull it up here on Siege GG and see if they have... Uh, U.S. Nationals... Uh, there is no upcoming matches scheduled so far. I, at least according to CGG. Don't don't take my word for them. But yeah, it's kind of weird how hard it seems to be finding information on dates for the U.S. Nationals. Yeah. Um, there is the OGA pit going on. You mentioned that before. I'm not familiar with it. What's what's the setup for that? Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is the this whole OGA thing uh, is new to me. This is the first time I've heard of OGA pit. I think it's just another um like another major. I think uh people in chat. Please correct me if I'm wrong. 
I think it's just a major, maybe just another, you know, tournament. But uh, Jake is. Ah, I found it actually. Jake is uh, in the chat that uh, SSG is looking dangerous at OGA pit. So I guess we'll see how well SSG does. I think it's uh, nice to hear them playing and getting some good practice in. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have uh, U.S. Nationals dates uh, December thirteenth through fifteenth? So it's it'll wrap up the second week of the playoffs for CR six. So we'll get our CR six fall winners for the premier playoffs, as well as the U.S. Nationals champion. Okay, so three weeks from now will be the last yep. U.S. Nationals. I feel like the U.S. Nationals have been going on for. A while now. I think they t took basically like two or three weeks off. Yeah, but U.S. Nationals have been going on for like months now. Unless there's been more than one, but I don't think there's been more than one. Like the U.S. National like qualifiers like started over the summer. Yeah, it's... uh. Let me reload this page real quick. They have kind of a timeline on here. So there was a conference playoffs, and then there were stages one through three, and each of the stages, I believe, were four weeks long. So each one, there's three of those. So that was um, that's a month and a half. Or sorry, if those were each four, that's three months. And then there was, I think it was the weekly wild card the one week week uh wild card in october so it actually yeah it's they've taken more than a month off and it's been going on for like three months yeah april okay so no okay i'm looking at really old ones So stage one, no, actually, you're looking at the right thing. Stage one was in April. Stage two was June through August. Yeah, stage April. three was September through October. Wild card was in October. So it's been going with about a month or two. Or, yeah, it's about a month in between each um, stage. Yeah. And that's t that's probably the longest, like tournament i've seen i didn't even realize that it was all part of a single thing because i was like oh yeah the u.s nationals just wrapped up oh wait they're playing again wait didn't i just watch this yeah which is very interesting but anyways three weeks it'll wrap up for good i think is that what you're saying uh hopefully not for good but for 2019 yes well, the winner of 2019. Yes, the winner of 2019 will be decided in the latter half of December. Yeah. Okay. Later half of December. Okay. And do you know who's playing? We have eight teams, and I had them pulled up. And where did it go? 
This website bothers me so much. I can never seem to find the information I was just staring at. <laughs> well, I guess we can tell why. So U.S. Nationals, based off the results of the last matches, uh, Luminosity Gaming, Dark Zero, uh, Two-Faced, Uh, Evil Geniuses. I think that's it. I think it's just what? How many teams are going? It's four? I think, uh, I think it's eight teams. That's it, eight teams? Okay, so Two-Face, Luminosity, Dark Zero, Evil Geniuses, Bruh. Remember the whole bra, the bra squad. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it because disrupt got kicked out by EG. Here we go. I got it. Uh, Recipro in the Western Conference. There's reciprocity, Rogue, EG, and Luminosity. Well, in the East, is Rogue still playing in it? Yeah, I guess they can since it's not it's not pro league. Um specific so yeah i guess right. rogue will still play in that and then two-faced dark zero ssg yeah. and sonics ssg and sonics okay none of the so you said two-faced right yeah okay what about bruh is bruh in there nope no bruh okay no, they got they got knocked um, out by dark right. zero okay that's right I see that now. So, Bra got knocked out by Dark Zero. Um, Disrupt got knocked out by EG. Is EG going? Did you yeah. say EG? Okay, EG is. All right. Those are teams. Yep. Eight, eight teams, and pretty much everyone you would figure, except for there's no Obey, and... Yeah, just no obey. That's kind of the the teams I was expecting. Yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good to see Rogue and, and Sonics in the U.S. Nationals. They're probably gonna be looking for some uh, for some payback. Yeah, and well, no, well, no, that was Rogue was with the Rogue. Obey Alliance team rosters, not Two Faced. For a second, I was thinking the members of Two Faced were joining Rogue, but no, that's it was not Obey, the team. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's gonna be fun seeing Rogue play in the U.S. Nationals if they play against Two Faced again. Um, yeah. Oh man, double embarrassment if Rogue loses that. Um, let's hope not. Um, I don't think, I don't think Rogue will lose a second. I don't think they'll lose a second time. I think if they went up against Two Faced, I think they would win. Um, I think I think partially they lost against Two Face was the fact that they had no information on them or little to no information. But now that they have played them and understand how they play, I think Rogue would come in and probably um, win. I wouldn't say yeah. wouldn't say stomp them or slap them or anything. I think it would be a good match, but I think Rogue would take it if they played them a second time. This this would definitely be that first test for two-faced to see how they'll handle themselves pro league and getting that first team that's familiar with them 
to come back and see what that second second matchup looks like. Because then if Rogue can decipher their play style after one meeting and then win handedly, it's it tells the other teams that it's an easy adoption strategy to take care of them. It's just like you fi- you figured out the quirk or the quirks that made up Two Faces' success in the first place, and you you let the professional level experience kind of take over, and then all those teams can operate at that level. And to be honest, um, I actually went back and watched the Rogue Two Faced. Um, match over again I watched all three matches and and kind of broke it down round by round um, and went and like went into depth into two-faced strategies and what they did against rogue and let's let me just say that I I am baffled I am baffled at how two-faced won Um, especially Okay, bank they lost. They lost pretty. Ha- they pr- lost pretty handedly, and let me tell you why. Um, first off, uh, Two Face started attacking Bank. So Rogue was defending CEO, right? For like the first, for the first couple, um, for the first couple rounds, um. Two Face was attacking uh, a full. They were doing a full front frontal main lobby push into CEO up spiral stairs using a Monty, uh, Sledge, Ash, Thatcher, and Thermite. Right. Tell me why the Thatcher and the Thermite were also pushing up the main stairs, the the spiral stairs. That's a great question. <laughs> Why? What? What? What is no no zero utility was used that entire map, the entire map. Monty had both smokes in his inventory and planted anyways. Where is your smokes, bud? Throw a smoke and plant the plant the diffuser. I mean, um, maybe he maybe they were saving it for a celebration smoke and just be like ninja vanished thatcher but like thatcher went outside and got up on the skylight looking over the main stairs what are you doing where's thermite where's your where where's the wall opening at where's your breach where's your where's your big fucking hole coming right up like where where is that or i mean think about the think about this let's take this from another angle Outside of this, the six pick, they pick a they pick a comp that makes sense for the map. But other than the six pick, and whether or not it's even used, the other uh, rogue knew what they were doing based off of the composition. But if they chose to go all sand people and hide their numbers by walking in a single file kind of thing and keep their numbers close, that's a wholly different strategy. They're taking away the information that the composition reveal gives their opponents. I would say that's about half true. <laughs> um, utility's there for a reason, you know. Oh, totally. I, but two two phase proved that they were also gunners. And they okay, they proved that they were gunners, but at the same time, 
they relied solely on their ability to gun. That was it. They had no attack strategy. They had no plan in mind. They said, we're going to push from this direction and everybody just just kind of went in that direction. Uh, there was no order. Uh, there was no uh, organization, uh, planning, nothing. There was no coordination that I even noticed on bank. On any site that they attacked, none whatsoever. Um, I, I think one thing that, I, something that would prove your point to be true is if you analyzed another one of their matches, but whoever it was against, maybe it was a U.S. Nationals match or uh, one of their Challenger League matches, analyze and see if they have the kind of same strategy of just winning by gunning, whether or not they're using utility appropriately. Because if they just did that against Rogue, then it was something that they planned. And to go into a map with that kind of crazy scheming, that would be pretty impressive if they did it just for Rogue. Um. You know, bank set aside, um, looking at map two and three, so it was Consulate and then Coastline was their decider. Consulate was a strong map for them, um, but Rogue would have won that if they won their gunfights. Um, I know that sounds like, I know that sounds like, oh, that's like the basis of every, of every match, but um matches also come down to strategy and like rogue had the counter strat down like they had their plan in mind they had their plan to win and they would have won those um if like you know you know one guy you know on two-faced didn't come in and just just absolutely just flick on everybody their their attacks were foundationally solid um their defenses were foundationally solid they just lost the gunfights. Um, and that's what Two-Face was relying on, was their ability to just gun. Um, and honestly, it shows, with, how, with the, the amount of knowledge that they probably, with the, the lack of knowledge they probably had on Two-Face, their ability to adapt and counter-strat mid-match shows a lot about their team, um, especially with them being um you know you're a lot of them are, are year one veterans so they've been doing this for a long time mm. um and you know coming into the scene now are just are a lot of people who can um who can just aim and just gun everybody and their defense strategies um two-face i'm talking about two-face for now uh their defense strategies um i would say they were all about they were solid they were they were also foundationally solid defenses um but they were also kind of half cocked um in the sense that they didn't think about every aspect of their defense um they would you know they had you know defending um uh ceo they defended an entire side of the map and they left the whole other side uncontested. So, like, if you can imagine consulate, uh, the consulate building, they're defending CEO, which is on the second floor on the, the west wing of the building, right? Um, 
they had all their defenses set up for the west wing and they had they left visa and admin wing on the on the uh, east side um completely free and while their idea behind their strategy after kind of drawing it out and seeing where everybody was lying and playing it was good um but the reason they lost that round was because they left that entire wing free and rogue knew that and they exploited it hard um they emit like within within 15 seconds of the round the entire team was already in the all of rogue was already in admin pushing pushing towards the site like they they messed it up they messed that one up you know um what it was uncontested if even if they just put one person over there just to harass you know it would have staved off the team from just hopping in you know um but no they they didn't have anyone over there and they saw that you know pre you know and prep phase drone um drone round so they saw nobody was in admin they were like okay no one's no one's here let's take this and they did and they just they just swept the building so what's interesting about that analysis is that if we go back to stage three eastern conference u.s national match uh dark zero versus bruh it was in a pre pre-game comment by one of the commentators of the match who said that bruh basically relied on their individual team player individual team player experience and skills to win and that they had no strategies they had no plan they were just going to play their individual game and try and play together like they play on ranked basically Mm-hmm. Uh, or when they're solo queuing so but then we have this analysis and that was against the number one team in the uh north american pro league and here we're talking about rogue who was relegated out and the same approach of basically no plan no high level execution was enough to take them out so it's that really stark barometer of basically you if you play someone really good with no plan no strategy you're going to lose you play someone really bad with no strategy no plan you can win Mm -hmm. exactly um and like i was saying earlier um it may seem like that every round comes down to gunfights but there are two ways you can lose you can lose rounds and lose matches. One is you lost you you lost by gunfight, uh, and you lost you, you strategically lost. You just got outplayed, um, and they lost they they lost by gunfight, uh, and that's that's that was it. They didn't they didn't get outstrated. Uh, they just got outgunned, and that's when, that was it. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I also I kind of want to add like a third axis to that l- losing by three ways of losing, like losing by s- tactics and strategy, or losing by like intel starvation, because it's like once you've gone late in that round and you just don't have enough information, you just have to commit and roll the die. But if you lose strategic or tactically, it's like that very clear the execution wasn't there. And it just kind of fell apart in the middle of trying to put something together. So it's basically you have 
early, mid, and late losses, and those typically fall to Intel strategy falling apart or just being outgunned. Um, honestly, what you're saying, like, so the the Intel starvation, um, it depends on how you got starved of starved of Intel. Um, if the enemy team took out your ability to have Intel, um, that's being outplayed. Yeah, you got outstrated. Um, Fair. If if you lack intel because of your own if you of your own uh, failure to do so to 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 have to have those uh, intel gadgets, you outplayed yourself. Um, <laughs> uh, that's just that, that's just it. Um, if if you failed to bring enough intel or to 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 have enough intel to succeed with your strategy you know that you did that to yourself um but if your enemy is you know specifically banning operators um that they know that you use for intel um to a great extent um that's an out you you you, you got outstrated you know they did their research and they know that you use valkyrie really heavily and really well um, on a certain map and they're like okay we don't want to go against this so we're gonna ban it um you know just little things like you know bans go a long way um a lot of people these days they do com what we call comfort bans um you know the, the the typical comfort bans you see in um in ranked are you know jackal mira um lesion um What's the other one? Monty sometimes, uh, maybe Blitz, maybe Caviera. Um, those are those are comfort bands because they're 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 the ones that you default to because you don't like playing against them, um, not because the enemy team is good with them. But at the same time, ranked is different. Obviously, you can't do you can't investigate your your in, the enemy team in ranked. So, but uh, when it comes to competitive, a lot of teams um, like in the lower tiers. Um, they they also do comfort bans um and that's that's bad they're like you know i'll I'll watch some vods of you know some of the collegiate teams and they'll be like you know what uh let's just let's just ban mira you know we don't want to play we don't we don't want to deal with a mira somebody didn't somebody didn't do their research you know that's that's bad oh. um and i'll tell you why because Let's say let's say they 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 comfort ban Monty right. They're like, I don't want to play against a Monty in this map, you know, blah blah blah. Well, if the enemy team doesn't even play a Monty, you just wasted a perfectly good ban on something that um, probably is going to cause you to lose. Because if somebody, um, you know, if they are well coordinated and they use, um, you know, IQ extremely well. And they just mow you down with IQ. Uh, they take out, you know, all your Echo drones, all your Valkyrie cameras, all your goo mines, you know. And that causes you to lose because that IQ did her job well. Um, that's something that you could have found out and prevented. You know, you could have prevented that situation um, just by simply doing your research. And then, um, you know, you ban that operator and you probably would have won that match. So it reminds me of a uh, popular Heroes of the Storm streamer, highly competitive, very, very good. His account name was Abather. Guess what character he used every opportunity he could? 
Avatar. And so, and so when for the longest time, like people actually started banning him on Ab- banning Avatar, so he could never play Avatar. But then he started getting good with all these other characters, just a handful of them. And so eventually, he got to the point of like, oh, you either ban my best character or you get to put up with another character that they're really good with. But when you're going in blind and you don't know who these people are going to pick. Yeah, going with a comfort band just seems like like you're not even trying, especially when you're looking at like a collegiate league or at U.S. Nationals or anything like that. You could be having some very defined information on actual benefit to your team. Absolutely. Is that uh, that match you're talking about? Um, was that a big match? No, this this streamer was no big deal. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Um, I feel like I, I watched a video. I I'm not big into League of Legends, so I have no idea what's going on in any in any game <laughs> that I, that I've watched of League of Legends. Um, people go nuts over something that's happening, and I'm like, this guy's just like whacking the other guy, and they're like they're going nuts. I don't understand. I don't understand it. But yeah, I'm I'm right. You I'm with you. I I have I had like four games of league of legends people played and i played like the last three of them in the last six months and the first one i played was when league of legends was brand new and i just got toxic out in the first game so i just gave up on it for real fast so mobas kind of went out the window until heroes of the storm came along but then that's out the window too but uh yeah so i mean actually i had one question i just there's no right or wrong answer to this how long do you think it goes before there's a third attack ban or a third and fourth attack and defend band being added to pro league? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what their stipulation is. Maybe it's a when they reach a certain amount of operators uh, in the pool. Yeah, I mean that would be the the main defining reason to do that i mean that's how dota league and heroes of the storm got to where they were with their bands is just like the size of the champion pool um but yeah it's like this is a very different game and there's so much more to what each of the operators are able to pull off uh, than i think uh, like a hero and either in any of those uh, other mobas actually has an impact on but um, just given that everyone can gun in Rainbow Six, everyone has a utility that is can be utilized in one regard or another, um, a few to more effectiveness than others. But um, just wondering, maybe they do if they do like the home team gets an extra attack ban, the defending team gets an or the away team gets an a, an additional defend ban. So then there's a little bit more difference to your map picks as well. Your map picks then choose your um, additional banning. So maybe there's only three bands total per phase. So okay. attackers and defenders, or you could do each team gets an additional attack and an additional defend ban. So you would have either um, six or eight bands total. Um, which I could see I, them. I could see them going to six bands from four. Um, 
how they would choose who gets the attack and defend ban, I'm not too sure. Um, considering a lot of most of most of the games played are are online, um, so you couldn't really do a home in a way. I mean, I guess you could say like, you know, at the beginning of the season, say you start going over, be like, okay, you know, it's gonna be this team at this team. Even though it's online, you could still have like a designated home and away team um, as they play each other. So that could work um, if they did it that way, um, or they could just do like. Uh, the higher seed, uh, the higher standing gets um, the defense ban, and then uh, yeah, or um, whoever's map pick it is. I get. I guess if it's one, if it's best of ones, which is usually how it is, um, then you can't really do the what I was saying. But anyways, um, yeah, I guess you could just. Um, just have like the higher seed do the defense bands, then lower seed do the attack bands, or do the home and away thing. As, I guess there's just a number of ways they could do that. I think you would have to do something that would work in a best of one format as well as a best of three like tournament kind of format. So it's map pick gets the defense ban, basically. Map but then again, um, yeah, something like that. But at the same time, like um, a lot of the games are best of ones, so yeah, that one worked. There, yeah, that's what I was trying to say earlier when I realized it wouldn't work. Um, <laughs> you could probably do that when it comes to like the uh, like time for times for best of threes. Um, map picks get um, whoever's map pick it is gets the extra defense ban. Um, and then uh, the other team gets the the attack ban, whatever. But anyways, um, I think we are a little bit over our time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we are about 15 minutes over our time, so. Uh, oh, good lord. I don't have anything else to say. Do you have anything else to say, Joe? No, that's it. Like we're getting down to the end of the seasons, and then going to the holiday. So everything's kind of culminating now. Finished Pro League, U.S. Nationals is coming. CR6 play test or playoffs are coming. It's just down to the wire now. It is down to the wire, and um, I'm I'm excited to see who uh, who takes the number one seed starting uh, starting next week. So absolutely, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm hoping for some more good games and another three map final between UCF and. Texas A&MU. Yeah, yeah, that is going to be one match that I'm going to watch. And uh we will definitely talk about it next week if they play by next week, so totally. Uh yeah, that's all I got. Anyone can find me at the social media links that Syntax has all set up for me and everything. So, uh feel free to reach out, leave comments on the questions or on the podcast. Uh, the anchor.fm slash check your six slash message and we will probably get this out maybe late tomorrow i think yeah just because i'm going to need your vod and then i'll do all the conversion and editing and blah blah yeah. blah, blah, blah so <laughs> usually um joe joe here uh streams it um and i i also stream it but today he is not streaming it due to some technical difficulties with getting my voice to play through his stream, which is new because it's been working this whole time and now all of a sudden it's just not working. So 
until we get that figured out um which hopefully we'll, we'll get fixed by next week maybe but uh um his twitch is right under his name so go give him a follow uh his also his twitter so go give him a follow as well there so i believe cool that's, that's well, cool well you have a nice night and i will talk to you throughout the week but then see you next thursday yeah all right later man take it easy